expose my mind to clarity. Oh, my spirit shudders. Capture the moment, oh, to keep my sanity. No wisdom rushing in. So much clearer now. Getting a little bit higher. With every step I take, I'm getting good. Getting a little bit better. I'm climbing to the top. Never gonna stop. I'm Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Oh Shoot. I'm your host, Cassidy Lynn, and I'm very excited for this episode. We're doing something a little bit different, and I am reading your anonymous questions. Um, I purposefully like went th- like didn't go through the questions before, so I am just a little bit nervous <laughs> to see what you guys said. Um, I posted the anonymous link on my Instagram story. Um, Yeah. And I just, I don't know, something about it being anonymous kind of scares me a little bit. Um, I did realize like as I was sitting here, first of all, I just spent like two minutes trying to get my mic off of the mic stand that it was on. Um, Like actually two minutes trying to get it off. So I was just doing that and I make myself like a full like meal before a podcast recording and I don't eat any of it and like I'm holding this chai that I made myself and I don't drink it because I'm literally talking (laughs) like I don't know why like I can't eat anything yeah it's it's interesting I don't know I don't know why why I'm like this but anyway I um got this random gift basket in the mail this week um, and the reason I'm telling you guys this is because I kind of think it's from a client. Um, so I don't know, just during busy season, it's really hard to keep track of like, I don't know who asks you what question. So I had someone ask me what my address was. And so like I gave them my shipping address and it was like one of my clients. It wasn't just like a random person. So I think that's who this gift basket's from, but literally it's like a chocolate gift basket with like chocolate covered everything. It's amazing. So I have a chocolate covered Oreo that I'm eating at 11 a.m. and we're here for it. That's just, that's just the life. Um, I, just to update you guys, I just got back from Seattle a couple of days ago. Me and Charlie were there for his cousin's wedding that I also was shooting So yeah, we're kind of like still trying to get over the jet lag, but our next travels are not until like October. So the next place that we're going is literally not until October, which is exciting because now we get to kind of like chill and hang out. Um, Yeah, honestly, like I wish I could tell you guys that I have like all this exciting stuff happening in my life and in my business, but literally it's just like wedding after wedding after wedding. (laughs) I have a wedding tomorrow and then a wedding on Saturday and it's just like nonstop and then a session on Sunday. You know, that's just how it goes. Um, yeah. So it's, it's just really busy over here and I'm sure a ton of you guys can relate. Like in busy season, you are just 
so busy. Like the only thing you have time to talk about is just work or like honestly think about is like work shooting and then just like sleeping, eating and taking care of yourself. And that's kind of where I'm at too. Um, I recently posted a TikTok and a reel, I think both of them about my current flash, because like I said, I'm in the midst of busy season, wedding photographer here. My flashes have just not been it for me. Um, I, I don't know. So I really hyped up this flash that I bought, um, at the beginning of this busy season. It's the Godox V6 zero v860 I don't know it's just like some godox flash in it I think it's v860 I'm pretty sure um so I have this flash and I really hyped it up I like posted videos about it and I was really excited to use it and I used it for a while but I've just been having issues with it um the actual like the hot shoe on the flash like stopped working on one of them um, so we replaced that, but then like both of the flashes aren't working on any of the Sony cameras that we have. So it's not just like a one camera issue. It's like both flashes don't work on any camera. And we like went and like reset the flashes multiple times. It wasn't like that didn't fix it. So, and it's not saying there's a connection issue. So this whole thing. Um, so I went and bought new flashes as one does, because I was like, I just don't have time to deal with this. So I got the Godox V1 flashes and I'm kind of just like, this is my last, my last chance that I'm giving Godox. And then I'm going to have to find something else because it's just like, I need something reliable. Um, I don't know if it's just like flashes in general that aren't reliable or, for, or if it's just like literally the brand that I'm using. I don't know. So I'll keep you guys updated on how that goes. Um, I don't know if anyone else feels like this, but flash is just like so stressful and I just feel like if I didn't have flash in my life, I would have so, so much less stress on a wedding day. Um, yeah, but obviously like I literally need a flash, like the dance floor is pitch black. So, okay. I think that's all for updates and just random things that I'm going to talk about. And we're going to get into your anonymous questions. This podcast episode is brought to you by Batch AI. Are you ready to say goodbye to eight hours of being locked in your editing cave? If you said yes, Batch AI is here for you. Batch AI is an editing software that can process a thousand images in one minute and it integrates right into your Lightroom. And because Batch AI works directly in Lightroom, it's so easy to add into your current editing workflow. If you're listening to this, you might be wondering, okay, how does this work? How does it know how to edit my photos? Well, Batch AI uses an anchor system. So basically you go and edit anchor images within your gallery in Lightroom. And based on those anchor image edits, Batch AI will do the rest. Also, Batch AI replicates the mask that you apply to each photo, so you don't need to redo any skin retouching. Once you do it once, it will know to do it on the next photo as well. Batch AI has flexible pricing tiers, so you can pause or downgrade slash upgrade your subscription at any time. Batch AI also works with all presets and profiles, and their customer service is top-notch. It's literally so fast, so easy to use, and you can use it to speed up your editing so much. Go try it now at Batch AI. That's literally the website, batch.ai. And if you want 20% off at Batch AI, use the code BATCHFAM for 20% off your first month. That's B-A-T-C-H 
F-A-M as the code for 20% off your first month. It'll also be linked in the description. Go check it out. Okay, so I used the, it's called NGL app, but it's just like an abbreviation for not gonna lie. Um, I have a ton of unread ones and then I did go through and read like the first five and little side note here. I had one of my friends like fill it out and say that they were pregnant and they just haven't told me yet. Um, so that was interesting. I posted, I like posted that answer on my close friends list on Instagram was like, all right, someone needs to spell the T who is this. And I actually went through and screenshotted every single person that had seen my story at that point, like with the link. So I think I have an idea of who it is. Um, but that's just like a little thing. If you guys are, if you ever like do this anonymous thing, just know like your friends might try to play games with you. So, okay. Um, I think I'm just going to open them. I'm like really nervous to read some of these. Okay. The first question. (laughs) I honestly feel like these didn't have to be anonymous. Some of them are kind of like brutal, but like some of them are just like questions. So how did I know when to start charging more for my shoots and how did I know how much to charge at first? Okay. So let's start with the second question. How did I know how much to charge at first? And then how did I know when to start charging more? So we'll do that one after. Um, Okay. So when it comes to pricing yourself, I, I've said this before and like, I didn't get good feedback from this, but literally this is just what I think. I feel like pricing is a guessing game and you literally just have to set a price and see how it performs for you. Um, so like, let's say you say, okay, I'm going to charge $200 for a shoot. You set that price and you notice that you book way too many shoots. You are way too busy. Everyone wants to book with you. You're booked out a month, two months in advance. That's an indication that that price needs to be higher. Um, so then the same goes the other way. If you set a price and you don't get booked, you might need to have lower prices. Um, so when I say like, you just have to pick a number, I think like the best thing you can do is try your best to do some research and try to figure out what number is worth it for you. Um, so for me, I had a full-time job already, so I wasn't really like, I wasn't relying on photography for income, like um, for my side business. So anything that I was charging was just like to get paid pay for my time, but like I wasn't like surviving and paying the bills off of it. So I didn't charge a ton right away. Um, and part of my reasoning behind that too was because I wanted experience and I felt like if I charged lower, I could get more bookings faster and that would like exponentially grow my portfolio and speed up the process versus if I start off charging a thousand dollars per session right away. I don't necessarily feel like that would have been the best thing for me. So I kind of looked at the people in my area. I had um, a photographer who I knew who was definitely like multiple steps up from me. Like she was a very like luxurious photographer. And I asked her like what her prices were. Um, And then she kind of broke it down for me and said like, when you figure out your pricing, 
think about hourly how much you want to make, including editing time, shooting time, communication time. So if you spend an average of like 10 hours of communication with the client, how much do you want to make hourly, um, you know, with all of that? So that's kind of how I landed on my first number that I charged for sessions and weddings. Um, like I said, with pricing, you can lower or raise your prices just depending on how, how much you want to get booked and how badly you want a certain booking. So like for a wedding, I hardly charged anything for my first wedding because I just wanted the experience. Right. So then when it comes to raising my prices, um, I just kind of use the idea of like, as I'm getting better, as my, um, work is getting better, obviously my systems are getting better. Um, I'm becoming more professional and my edits are more consistent. Um, along with the fact that I was getting consistent bookings, those were times where I would raise up my prices and I wasn't raising them a ton. I would raise them like maybe $50. So I would start, I think I started at like around 200 for a session and then I would go to 250. And then like, if I felt like I was still consistently getting booked, I would go up to 300 and then 350 and then 400. So I just kind of gauged it based on who would book me and who wouldn't. And honestly, people tell you, like if someone reaches out to you about a session and they end up ghosting you or not booking you and you email them and be like, Hey, just wanted to follow up, see where you're at. If they email you back and they're like, Hey, we found another photographer who's more in our price range. That's a really good indication that, you know, maybe you are not charging, you're charging too much or you are advertising towards the wrong people. That was a really long answer for that question. Oh gosh, this is going to be a long podcast. Okay. Ooh, okay. This question, where do I see the future of Instagram going? Do I think it'll ever become less popular, etc.? Okay. So I kind of live on TikTok. Um, I am obviously on Instagram. I'm always posting on Instagram, but the app that you use for like, if you're bored, you want to be entertained, you go to TikTok most of the time. So when it comes to Instagram, I think that especially with recently having Kylie Jenner and Kim Kardashian post that thing saying like they want the old Instagram back. Um, I think that Instagram can go either way right now um, because Kylie Jenner literally like canceled Snapchat basically by the one tweet she made saying like, is anyone else bored of Snapchat? She literally just tweeted that. And then Snapchat stock like dropped by like millions of dollars that day because she tweeted that. So I think there's a little, I think right now Instagram could be going down because of the fact that Kylie and Kim both said like, we don't love what Instagram's doing right now. Um, so do I think it'll become less popular? I don't know. Um, I think that TikTok right now is everyone's default app for entertainment, but I do think when it comes to social media, there are usually like two or three main social media platforms that people hang out on. Um, and they kind of go in tiers. Like the top tier one is like, I don't know, TikTok, like the one that everyone loves, everyone has. Then you have something like, um, 
I don't know, like the step down would be Instagram. Um, you know, not everyone has it. Most people like it, but like it could possibly become something a little outdated. And then at the bottom we have Facebook, like people still use it, but it's not popular with like everybody. Um, so I feel like right now that's where the tiers are. Um, but that could easily shift, you know, Facebook could be pushed to the side or maybe Instagram and Facebook end up on the same level. Maybe be real comes in, in the middle. I don't know. Um, I could possibly see be real, um, beating Instagram a little bit. Oh gosh. I don't know if I'm going to regret saying that, but that's just how I feel right now. I love talking about social media, by the way. Um, okay. So (laughs) this person said, be honest, how much money do you make in passive income? So I'm not just going to like straight up say how much money I make. I don't even like have the number, like the exact number. But what I will say is last year, my, when just looking at my income, my passive income surpassed the money that I made in like bookings and like actual shooting. And this year it's doing the same. So I do make more money from passive I mean, I say passive, but it's just like things that aren't just shooting. So it's like my education stuff and like, you know, brand partnerships and stuff like that versus like the actual shooting of me going and doing weddings and sessions and everything. Um, I do want to say like, although it can be tempting to just like for me, just focus on the education side of things. I don't know if I've said this before, but I feel like a good educator needs to be active in the space that they're educating in. So I don't ever want to stop shooting because I think that's like a really valuable part of just learning. And I I can always learn new things. Like no one is ever like the, like, I don't think I'm the best at photography. Like, I don't think you can really say that someone's the best, but like there's always room to grow. So when it comes to passive income versus like my actual income from working in photography and like shooting and editing and weddings and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I just think it's good for me to at least stay in that space, even though passive income has become a very large part of my job. Great question. Okay. When I was just starting out, did I feel like there were photographers that didn't engage or talk to me because I was below them? Ooh. So <laughs> I have a really <laughs> bad memory <laughs> when it comes to certain things. Like if it's like something traumatic, I do not remember it like whatsoever. Um, but when it comes to this concept of like ph- photographers like starting out and other people like acting like they're below them, I don't really feel like I had any specific times where someone was like intentionally rude to me because I didn't have as much experience. If anything, a lot of the photographers that I had firsthand experience with, like people that were more experienced than me or just, you know, like doing better or whatever. Um, I just, I looked up to a lot of people and I still do look up to the people that like were at this place while I was starting out because they were so kind to me so helpful. I mean, I mentioned the girl that, um, helped me with my pricing. She's 
amazing, like just so helpful for beginners in that sense, like doesn't want to gatekeep or anything like that. Um, I mean, there were times where I would DM like bigger photographers and I wouldn't get a response. Um, but it wasn't ever like someone was treating me less, um, like, below them it was just like maybe they were busy they didn't see my dm or like maybe my dm should have been a mentor session or something like that so i'm gonna say no to this but i do know that's a real thing that people will treat newer photographers like less um but personally like i've never experienced it or seen it i feel like if i would see it i probably would try to say something or like go to that person and try to befriend them just to make them feel like not everyone is mean in the industry. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I don't have any tea for you guys. I'm so sorry. I wish I did. (laughs) Okay. How do I keep myself from competing and comparing myself in an unhealthy way? Um, I don't, I don't really feel like there's a good answer to this because I think like in a sense, I think comparing yourself to others can be a good thing. It can be motivating. Um, but like you said, you, this person said in an unhealthy way, and I guess that would be a healthy way. Um, I mean, I, I do compare myself to others, so I can't sit here and be like, I've perfected this concept because I haven't. Um, I think something that's important to do is to just focus on yourself. Um, so a lot of people have said this, but it really is helpful to go through the, the platforms or the areas that you find yourself comparing yourself to others. So if you find yourself scrolling on Instagram, or maybe it's like a certain person you talk to that leads you to compare yourself to others, what, whatever means or just way that you're getting this info that is causing you to do this, don't allow yourself to get that information anymore. So if, if it's from Instagram, if it's, you just constantly are seeing a specific photographer show up on your feed and you're really jealous of them, or it's really hard for you to see them succeeding, I would suggest either muting them or unfollowing them. Not because you hate them, but because it's unhealthy for you. Um, I've done this before. It's really hard because it's like, it's not that I don't like people that I unfollow. It's literally like a me thing. Like for my own mental health, like I almost want to be more inspired by other niches besides photographers. I think like that's a really important part of photography is keeping your blinders up when it comes to like comparing your work to other people's, but then allowing yourself to um, absorb other types of work like um, I don't know, painting or pottery or music, like things that aren't necessarily photography related. So if there, if there's a specific place that you find yourself struggling in this specific area, so like I said, Instagram or, um, I don't know how, however it is that you are exposing yourself to other people in that way, limit yourself exposure to their content. Um, and if it's all photographers, do what you got to do. Um, you just, you got to stay mentally, mentally healthy. Um, yeah. Okay. Is it professional to have multiple contracts depending on the types of sessions I offer? Yes. It's professional. It's common. Um, just think about the fact that like, you don't really need like as intense of a contract for a 
a wedding versus like a session, you know, it's just, it's not as serious. Like there's different things you need to cover in a wedding contract versus a session contract. Um, yeah, totally normal to have multiple contracts. I think right now I have four contracts. I have wedding contract, a generic session contract. I have a contract for my associates and then a contract for my brands that I work with. So four different contracts that I send out just depending on what, what the deal is, what people want to book with me. Okay. This is a long one. Someone close to me is also a photographer and she is constantly comparing and has always tried to to compete with me in every aspect. She likes to put me down and make comments about my photos, comparing me to other people in our area. How do I handle someone like this? Um, I mean, we kind of just talked about this, but you, you could do a few things like when you're with this person, maybe say like, Hey, I love talking business with you, but like, it's kind of hard for my mental health right now. Do you think we could like not talk about business for today? Um, or like just genuinely say like, okay, why are you, why are you being like this? Like in a nice way, like ask them, why are you comparing me to this person? Or, you know, if they look at one of your photos and like, oh, this person did it better. You'd be like, okay, cool. I'm just trying to learn. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, this is more of an insecurity for them is what it seems like. And it's not, it's just them projecting that insecurity onto you because they like want you to feel insecure too. It's like that idea of like, if someone sees someone else being successful, they want them to fail because they feel like they're failing and they want other people to fail because they can't succeed. It's like this whole thing where it's like, yeah, it's really toxic. Um, another thing would just be limit your time with this person. Um, just kind of give them space to grow and be confident in their work. And then like in a couple months, come back and be like, okay, like, let's try this again. Let's see how this goes. That's really tough. Um, a lot of my photographer friends are like so uplifting and encouraging. I think basically all of them are. And if someone isn't, I usually like, don't, I try like not to stick around them all that often when it comes to photography stuff, because it's like, I need positivity. Like (laughs) I, I need some uplifting moments. Obviously like critiques are healthy, but like if you're not asking for criticism, like someone shouldn't really be giving it. I don't know. Okay. So this person said ready to upgrade from an a seven R one. So a Sony a seven R one, what's a good body to buy next. So this is just like a general rule of thumb for like all camera brands. If you are like in a full frame, have a full frame camera, um, in a specific brand and you want to upgrade, like it's always a good idea to start by just looking within the brand that you're currently shooting. Cause that's what, you know, um, if you want to upgrade to mirrorless, so this person is already shooting mirrorless, but if you're on a DSLR, that would be like the one exception where I would say, um, maybe try branching out to a different brand for an upgrade. But because this person's shooting on mirrorless already, um, a good upgrade from an a seven R one would be, um, maybe in the new a seven four or, oh wait, they said a seven R if you are like needing the R then upgrade to like the a seven R three or something, or I love the a nine series. A nine two is what we shoot. Um, yeah, I think once you get into the full frame mirrorless world, the upgrades are just like 
newer bodies and um, just Im- improving the f- good features they already have. Like a lot of the older bodies are still really, really good to shoot on. So like the a7 III is like a really good camera body, even though it's old. Okay. What is my biggest fear in photography? Hmm. Honestly, I think it's losing images and not being able to get them back. And literally, I regret saying that so much after literally just saying it because I feel like I just spoke it into existence and now it's going to happen. Yeah, I think that's like something that really scares me is just the idea of someone's big day being like all of their photos being my responsibility. And yeah, I mean, obviously like I do what I can to the best of my ability, you know, shoot on two SD cards, back everything up on two hard drives, keep the SD cards. Yeah. But I mean, there's just, we're human and there are ways, there's ways to lose people's photos. So that's probably my biggest fear. Okay. Tips for a new photographer on a tight budget. Welcome. If you're new, welcome, welcome. Having a tight budget is hard. I totally get this. Um, so my biggest tip for you is to get a 50 millimeter and, um, really focus on that lens aspect before you start being like, Oh, I need a new camera body or this and that, this, that, um, having at least just something to edit on, whether it's an iPad or a laptop, doesn't have to be a new laptop, just something to edit on a good lens. I say good, but like the 50 millimeters, like it's known for being cheap and good. Um, so having a, a lens that has a low aperture capability, um, and just like some camera body, it can be crop sensor, whatever. Like those are the three main things you need to succeed a place to edit a 50 millimeter, a lens with good aperture and a camera body. Um, another just tip, if you're a new photographer, learn to shoot on manual, um, when it comes to like the budget itself, um, I would recommend cycling all the money that you make from photography right back into your business. So if you're charging for shoots, like keep charging, keep charging, just save up that money. Once you hit whatever dollar amount you need to upgrade your camera body or upgrade your lens or get a different lens, then do it. Like keep putting that money back into your business. That would be my best advice for you. Okay. What website builder did I use? Um, so my website currently is a show it website. So show it S H O W I T. I don't know why I just felt the need to spell that. Um, and my word, my blog is WordPress. Um, yeah. And I did hire someone to design it. So I didn't like do the design aspect of it. If you think I'm like this wonderful, genie person that's also great at web design. I am not. Okay. Um, let's keep going. How long does it take for me to edit a session? So a couple session or a wedding. Okay. So I'll just tell you guys both. Um, typically it takes me total less than two hours for a session. Um, I like to cull my photos right when I'm doing the previews. So that culling for a session usually takes like 15 minutes, 
maybe 30 minutes to like edit the previews and then to edit the rest of the, sh- the session, we're usually looking at like an hour and a half. Um, yeah, I'm the type of person that I know what skin tone I'm looking for. I can tell the temperature I need it to be at and the way that I shoot, it's really easy to just like sync a lot of my settings and kind of copy paste, copy paste. And I could just get through a session really, really quickly. And I actually don't like to look back on the photos until like they're all finished. I could just look at them as a whole before I deliver them. Um, Cause I think a lot of the time when it comes to editing and like, if you feel like you're a slow editor, it's because you spend way too much time on one picture. Like if you cannot get an edit, just leave what you have and move on to the next and like flag that to come back to it. Because the longer you you look at one photo, the longer it's going to take you to do the rest of it. Like you're going to keep that same process up. So I trained myself to basically get it and edit on there. If it looks like, okay, like it doesn't have to be like amazingly perfect, but if it like looks like my style, something that I normally deliver, I move on from it and I just keep going like that. Um, I'm not the type of person that like thinks about it and sits and like lets those edits simmer for a little bit. I just go and do it. Um, and then for a wedding, I would say weddings take me about an hour to cull through all the photos and probably two to three hours to edit. So maybe four hours total for editing those. Okay. Let's go to some of these other options. Oh my gosh. This is so funny. Not, oh my gosh, because like, this is a good thing, but it's funny that this is the question. Um, this person said that they have the coronavirus. Um, I don't know if I say like C O V I D if this episode will be like flagged or something that happened to me once where someone said that word and my episode was like flagged. It was weird. Um, so this person's sick and they are asking for show recommendations. Um, I was literally thinking about saying this at the beginning of the episode. I have been watching Love Island UK, the new season. Um, it's so good. There, There's literally like 50 or 60 episodes with every Love Island, which is hard because that's a lot of content to get through. But if you're sick and you literally have nothing to do, Love Island is so good. Um, I've also been watching Only Murders in the Building with Selena Gomez. That's a good one. Um, besides that though, like I haven't been watching a ton of shows, which is kind of typical of me. I don't watch like a ton. Um, but yeah, those are probably the two that I would say, um, I like to watch right now. Okay. (laughs) Some of these are like not photography related. It's kind of funny. Um, do I like Chick-fil-A? If so, what's my favorite thing to order? Um, BTW, love your content. I literally binge watch all of your reels. Um, I do like Chick-fil-A. Um, my go-to order is usually the number one, which is just like the plain fried chicken sandwich. And I get it with no pickle. Um, so it's basically just a chicken and buns. And then I put, um, the honey roasted barbecue on it and I get fries. And then like recently I've been obsessed with their frosted lemonade. So there you go. That's my order. If anyone feels like buying it for me, I would not reject. Okay. What is my best advice for someone in high school who's trying to get into photography? Um, I kind of feel like I, we touched on this with the budget question, but I'll just give you a few tips. Um, one, become known as your town photographer, um, or especially within your high school, do senior photos. That is going to be 
a great way to generate income, get practice and get long-term clients. Because when you do someone's senior photos, you then will do their engagement photos and their wedding photos potentially, or family photos, whatever. Um, so that's something that I would advise you to do for sure. Um, I also think that when you're in high school, it's just a really good time to experiment and learn. Um, because I'm going to guess that you're not relying on photography as your main source of income. So figure out what you like. Um, if you can shadow people like you, just cause you are in high school or just because you are at a stage in life that feels limited doesn't mean that you actually are limited. Um, you can go and assist someone or be someone's intern and learn about photography that way. Um, like always shoot, 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 shoot. The more you shoot, the more you practice, the better you'll get. Um, this is something that you could start. Photography can be started literally at any point in your life. Like if you are in high school, you could start it in high school. And I almost wish that I would have, because then you can take that and literally just start your business after high school. Like who needs college? Like, I mean, I, I went to college and I have a business degree, which I think is helpful, but also like, I think if you are good at it and you like it, like just roll with it. Um, best of luck in a good way. I think, I think you got this. Okay. Um, I am going to go through some of these questions. Okay. <laughs> have I ever had someone actually take legal action against you? I have clients trying to argue with me all the time and I've always had to refer them back to my contract, which they clearly didn't read because I'm always right. And I'm scared someone's going to lawyer up LMAO. Um, so I don't legally know if I'm allowed to talk about my past situations. Um, but I can say that I have had someone take legal action against me before. Um, obviously it turned out okay. I'm fine. Um, but I think what you're doing by just referring them back to the contract, having a good contract that states all of your expectations. Um, and if it's the point where like you need to take them to small claims court, then by all means take them there. But if they lawyer up, like you have a good contract in place, you can just lawyer up and the lawyers will talk to each other. Like if someone has a lawyer or, you know, is threatening you with a lawyer, like this obviously is not legal, legal advice. Like I'm not, I'm not a professional or anything. So don't like take this as legal advice, but, um, it's just always good to get your lawyer involved, like get them involved and have them stay involved. Um, if someone's like, I have my lawyer here, blah, blah, blah. Be like, okay, I have my lawyer here. I can we can settle this with lawyers. That's fine. Um, and your loyal lawyer will handle it. So yeah, I would say like the best thing you could do, refer them back to the contract, have a great contract in place and have a lawyer that you can consult if the time comes. So this person asked, how tall am I? <laughs> um, I actually think this is a funny question because it's like, obviously you guys don't know how tall I am, but it's just like, I don't know. It just seems like something I shouldn't have to say. Um, I am five, seven. Charlie thinks I'm five, six and a half, but I am like pretty tall for like, actually that's, I, I feel like that's pretty average height. Yeah. I'm five, seven. Um, sometimes I wear platforms and I'm like 
5'9", pushing 5'10", which is such a vibe. We love it. Okay. So where do I find my inspo? Um, I loved hearing you say Pinterest is a good start, but not a place to land. And I'm stuck and I'm feeling a little stuck there too. Um, Yeah. So when it comes to inspo, I really like the idea of going outside of your niche to find inspo. So just following and like being active in other industries like fashion or I don't know like landscapes or music like things that you genuinely find interesting I think that's a great place to find inspo and also like that's something that's unique to you and I think that really can set you apart as a brand in general so okay was Charlie always a photographer or did you introduce him to it (laughs) so um, Charlie's always been creative, but he's not always been a photographer. Um, I did introduce him, I guess, to like the concept of shooting with me. He, um, like I said, he is creative. So he does like pottery and music and stuff like that. But, um, actually when I first started doing weddings, Charlie bought, um, a Sony a7 III for himself just because he saw that I was doing photography and wanted, I don't know, just to like be able to help if need be. So, um, yeah, I kind of taught him shooting a manual and he figured out a lot of the, I don't know, like I can, I could tell him as much as I wanted to, but he had to be the one to like go and figure out how it worked for him. Um, and you know, he would go and shoot a wedding with me and then we'd sit down and look through his photos and I would tell him like, all right, let's work on this next time. Let's add more headspace here. Let's work on focus, whatever it would be. So, um, no, he did not always like photography. Um, okay. So let's see, what are my top three to five favorite prompts for supernatural and candid responses from couples during a shoot? Okay. So when it comes to posing and prompting, I do the same things every single time. Um, my favorites are walking. That's usually what I start with. Um, variations of walking, the push and the pull, um, the where you swing your arms and kind of bump hips with each other. Um, so that's one that I like to do. Um, another one is facing each other and just like taking your hands and bringing them out, coming in, out in and then you kind of go in circles that one's fun for just like getting different angles and like sometimes they laugh sometimes they come in and kiss so that one's really cute um I like to do any type of like spinning around or like picking someone up and spinning or if they don't want to do a pickup like literally just like spinning in circles so like holding hands and doing like ring around the rosy that one's fun or like literally go and pick your partner up and spin them around like that can never go wrong with that one. Um, and I think like another prompt that makes people laugh is telling them to do the teeth kiss. So usually with couples, they'll already be kissing and like, I'll tell them to kiss and then I'll be like, okay, now do the teeth kiss. And sometimes one person knows it. Sometimes neither of them know it. And so I'll tell them and like nine times out of 10, they just think it's like weird. They'll still do it, but they like literally will be laughing because it's so weird. Um, so I think that's like a fun prompt, um, that gives you just like a really natural reaction from your couples. Okay. 
Let's keep going. Okay, so this person literally just said that they're, um, they just like my podcast. So thank you, whoever said that. Um, okay, I like this question a lot. Um, so they said dying to hear your favorite tips for booking destination and travel weddings aside from hashtags. So yeah, hashtags is a good place to start. But honestly, if I'm being completely honest here, if we just, just me and you here, okay, we're just talking about destination weddings. You need to start, in my opinion, okay, in my opinion, (laughs) you need to start by shooting a destination that's someone you know, or like that person is from where you live. Um, when you are first trying to get into travel weddings, it is pretty rare that someone is just going to find you on social media, book you a flight and fly you there. Um, it is much more likely that someone is willing to take a photographer that they know in their hometown. Um, let's say it's someone that shot their friend's wedding or someone that they've worked with before, someone they went to high school with, whatever, someone that they already know where they live take them to the place that they're going. Most of the time with a destination wedding, it is not like they are not from that area. That's why it's a destination. Therefore, like bringing someone from the area that you're from, like that does make sense because if you just choose a random person, you don't actually know how well they, they shoot. And like, I don't know, it just, it just makes more sense to me. So I think it starts by just having someone, you know, that's getting married somewhere different than where you normally shoot. So for me, I was doing a lot of weddings in different states because I went to college and after college, all my friends went their separate ways. There were people from Texas, Pennsylvania, wherever. And I was able to fly to those places because they knew I was a photographer in college and they didn't want to find some, someone locally or, you know, whatever. So it was a destination for me, not a destination for them. Um, but even for the destination weddings that I have shot, it's always been either a referral or someone that like knew me previously. Like they're, they're not just going to like randomly find me. Um, so that would be my biggest tip for destination weddings. And also just always mentioning that you're willing to travel, um, have your travel packages, (laughs) wedding, (laughs) oh my gosh, have your travel packages ready. So when someone does reach out, you're able to say, this is how much I charge. Um, I would book my plane ticket invoice you later, or maybe like all the travels included in the package price, whatever, like just have the pricing ready to, um, and if possible, have a little bit in your portfolio to show for it. If you can't then like go out and create the content that you want to be booking. All right. Could go on and on about that. Um, do I ever think about what my editing style will look like long term? <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, I think long term, I think my editing is going to change. I think everyone's editing is going to change. That's literally just how it goes. Um, we're always changing. Um, so I think like when you think about editing, like do take note of the things that are trendy and that you might cringe at later. But honestly, like if it's an editing style that is getting you booked, and an editing style that you like, what's the problem? Like just do it. And if you need to change later on, it's changing your editing style is not like as big of a deal as people make it seem. Like if you go from warm and orange to like dark and moody, 
all you have to do is like transition your feed on Instagram and then offer your current clients either or be like, okay, I know you booked me when I was warm and orange, but do you want my dark and moody? If you don't want my dark and moody, no problem. I'll do my warm and orange for you. Easy. Um, yeah, it's as simple as that. And then once you start showcasing your dark and moody on your feed, then you are only offering dark and moody to those clients. And then once you cycle through the people who booked you with your warm and orange, then you're just doing your moody edits and that's it. So, okay. <laughs> I literally, there are so many questions. I want to answer all of these, but I know I'm not going to have time. Okay. What has been the highlight of my 2022 year? Um, so far it's definitely been going to Europe. I don't think that that's a surprise for anyone. Um, but also I just am like genuinely happy. Like I just, yeah, I just love the stage of life that I'm in right now with Charlie and just like we're chilling. It's fun. We're by family. Um, yeah, literally I just feel like I'm very thankful for a lot of things this year. So yeah, it's been a good year. Um, so how do I maintain a good social life with other couples while being so busy? This is, this is a hard one. Um, the, the biggest thing for us is scheduling things in advance. So if there are people that we haven't seen in a while or people we want to hang out with, we'll schedule like two weeks in advance something like, because we are busy and like other people are busy too, especially in the summer. We'll just ask people like, Hey, are you free this day? We'd love to have you over for dinner or we'd love to play pickleball with you or hang out or whatever. Um, there are people that we spontaneously reach out to. So, um, other like friends and couples that we will just like spontaneous be like, Hey, are you free? Let's do this. When it comes to my social life, I don't think that I'm like this super outgoing person that has tons and tons of friends, but I think I intentionally have like groups of friends and couples in my life that I have there for a reason. And yeah, I just think like intentionally reaching out to people and not waiting for them to reach out to you. Like be the person to plan things, just get over yourself, plan a few get togethers. Um, yeah, I think that's like the best thing for just making sure that you are able to still socialize. And I think like for me, it's really tempting to say no and be like, oh, you have no idea how busy I was this week. Like you have like, I'm sorry, I can't. I'm just way too tired from this wedding that I shot. And I do think it's healthy to like take breaks if you need to. But I'm always very tempted to just like say no and kind of just move past it. But I am working on saying yes to being with people more and hanging out with people more because I think that's really healthy and it's really good to just socialize and not just stick to yourself all the time. So that's something else that I think is helpful for maintaining a good social life. Do I get paid more from Instagram or TikTok? Do I, okay. Do I get more paid clients from Instagram or TikTok? Um, I think right now, let me literally go into my HoneyBook and see if I can pull up the analytics on my phone. Cause that would be like an interesting thing to see. Okay. From August, 2021 to August, 2022. Um, I've had 450 leads from Instagram and I've had 100 leads from TikTok. So already I'm having more leads from Instagram, which I think therefore means I get booked more from Instagram. That was a really long way to answer that question. I just had to make sure that that was like accurate. Um, okay. So how can I make my photos look filmy? Can I do that with the Honey Boba presets? 
So you can make your photos look filmy from the Honey Boba presets. There's actually one preset in there. Um, it's called the Creamy Dreamy preset, part of the Honey Boba preset pack. And I really like that preset for getting a creamy look, um, like a filmy look. It has like the colors are made to look filmy. But a few things that you can do in Lightroom and with shooting that can make your photos look filmy to begin with. Um, one is lowering the clarity. So lowering the clarity in Lightroom, um, adding grain and making your greens and blues like really green and blue. Um, so like a little bit higher saturation. Um, greens are normally like more towards the green blue side versus like warming your greens. So that's something you could do in the hues. Um, and the highlights, your highlights are usually really high in film photos. And then when you're shooting, shooting with a flash, um, a lot of film photos usually are flash or if they're not like shooting in the direct sun, that's another like really popular film style. So those are a few things that you can do to get a little bit more of that filmy look. Um, okay, let's keep going. Um, I just want to keep talking, I guess. Um, what kind of curriculum or topics do I do in a mentorship. I'd like to start doing mentorships because I get asked a dozen questions daily from other photographers, but I'm just not sure how to get it all into some kind of curriculum. Um, my best advice for you would be to teach what you feel like you're strong in and teach on the topics that you get asked about the most. So this person said they get dozens of questions every day, write down the questions that you're getting. And if you are getting multiples, like tally that. So like make note of how many people ask the same questions and then offer mentorships based on those questions. So if you are always getting questions about how do you edit like that? Like, how do you get your style? Like if you always get editing questions, offer editing mentorships where you can like, um, talk to people about how to edit better or whatever. Um, I offer editing mentorships in case anyone was wondering, um, cause I get asked a lot about editing, but that's just to give you an example. Um, really just focus on those questions you get asked a lot and then you can kind of make a curriculum from that, or you could just do Q and a sessions where you can let people ask you questions. Um, if you want to create like a mentorship program, that's when you would want to create a curriculum and, you know, like a workflow and give people homework and like what topics do you talk on and create content and stuff like that. Um, but when it comes to just like mentor calls, I think it might be good for you to start with a few topics and then also talk about just like Q and a stuff, just offer that to people. Okay. We are coming to the end of the questions. Um, let's see. I want to end on a few bangers, right? Yeah. Okay. Have I ever had a client been unhappy with my work? Has Okay. So has a client ever been unhappy with the work that I've delivered? Um, I have had one person and it was like literally like my first or second wedding. I think it was like my second or third wedding. And they basically were unhappy with the way that I edited the greens in the photos. Um, and I was using like a preset that I just like had really liked. So the greens were like really desaturated and they just said that they wanted the greens to be like brighter. And they were just like, Hey, just want to let you know, I don't really love the way that these greens look. So I basically said, can you pick like 20 of your favorite photos and I will go in and re-edit them and give you more of a green look 
so that you can have like that edit that you want. And they picked them out and sent them to me and I re-edited them. And that's kind of the compromise we came to. Um, I just want you to know, like if you are dealing with clients who are unhappy with your work, um, really focus on customer service because you still want to give that person a good experience. And there is, there is like a fine line where you don't want to like just people please everyone all the time and let people walk all over you. But at the same time, like it's good customer service to be like, okay, how can I help? What can I do? Um, and at the end of the day, like have somewhere in your contract, like what happens if they're unhappy with it? Do you allow for re-edits? Um, if you don't, how much do you charge per image or per hour? So those are things to have in a contract and then just like be really kind to people and just like come from their perspective and like try to look at things from their point of view. Um, because I think at the end of the day, as photographers, we can kind of get lost in our own like pride and we are like, how dare they not like the photos? But like, I always try to put myself in their shoes and like, think about when I've worked with photographers before, um, kind of my experiences and some of the things that like I would be happy or unhappy with. So yeah, that's kind of my little spiel on that answer. Um, this is the last question and I actually wanted to answer this anyway and talk about this and I didn't. So I'm glad that I, um, found it. Um, tell the story of me photographing my sister's proposal. So if you guys don't know, my younger sister, Lindsay got engaged, um, the day before 4th of July. So over a month ago, and basically I photographed the proposal and, um, did a little help with like setting up the proposal and everything. Um, so essentially we like went and set up the proposal for him. Cause he was like, we were doing this party at my mom's house for the fireworks. So they were at the fireworks party and me and my older sister snuck off, set it all up. Um, and they were like, he just was like, Oh, let's go on a walk before fireworks. And so we, when they left for the walk, we all took our cars and, um, drove to the spot on the golf course that he was proposing. Cause he was proposing by like one of these holes so we sprinted to the spot. We were hiding behind some bushes and they came up and then like he proposed and I was taking pictures of it from the bushes and I was crying while I was shooting. Um, and it was so cute. Um, yeah, that that's basically, yeah. I mean, it was just like, it's, it was like a normal proposal, but it was like my sister. So, um, afterwards all of her, like, you know, we had like a big party that she didn't know about. So people, when they left for the walk, a bunch of people came to my mom's house and like they started decorating. And so they came back to the house and it was like this full party for her. So yeah, it was really fun and special. And now they're getting married in April. And actually someone asked this question. I didn't answer it, but, um, they asked if I was shooting her wedding. I'm not. One of my friends, Olivia is going to associate shoot. So she's going to shoot the day for me and I'm going to go and edit the photos afterwards. So yeah, we've come up, with, come up with a nice little system. Um, yeah, I mean, my sister literally has grown up with me taking her photos like since high school, basically, um, for her, it was high school. So, I mean, she really only like knows my edits and my style and that's what she wanted. Like she wanted me to somehow be able to edit them and take the photos. So I offered her an associate. So yeah. All right. That is the end of this episode. I hope you guys liked listening. Um, yeah, stay tuned for more guest episodes. I've got lots of fun content coming 
for you guys in the next couple of days. So not a couple of days. Oh my gosh. In the next couple of weeks and months of this podcast. Oh my gosh. In the next couple of days. Could you imagine? Um, yeah, if you guys would, I would love for you to rate and review the podcast. You can do that on Apple podcasts and on Spotify. Yeah. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Expose my mind to clarity. Oh, my spirit shudders. Capture the moment, oh, to keep my sanity. The wisdom rushing in. So much clearer now. Getting a little bit higher. With every step I take, I'm getting good. Getting a little bit better. I'm climbing to the top. Never gonna stop. I'm